0: So you never jumped a subway turnstile when you were growing up in New York? No, the Transit Authority came down on turnstile jumpers. Besides, it it just wasn't right. I don't know. From the stories your mother told me... Wait a minute. Did you ever duck under a turnstile? Maybe. The Fifth Amendment applies to podcasts too, you know. From Hollywood, it's out of my mind. I'm Jay Douglas your Bronx-born purveyor of little-known stories about well-known stuff, and in episode 45, that rumbling beneath the streets of New York City in the early morning hours could have been the sound of tens of thousands of dollars in cold, hard cash. The subway token may have been the best transportation bargain ever, but even it couldn't get you a ride aboard the money train. From 1951 to 2006, the agency that ran the New York City subway system I always called it the Transit Authority, and I probably always will, collected money from every subway station in the system with money trains. They were disguised as two-car work trains, and the money trains were rolling fortresses with armor plating on the walls and armed revenue collection agents, supervisors, and guards inside. In the wee hours of the morning, six nights a week, the money trains shuttled the day's take to a Brooklyn station under 370 J Street. No relation. That's the uh, only place in the city where the tunnels from the IND, IRT, and BMT subway lines passed close to each other. Guards carried sacks of money through a metal crash gate, up four flights of stairs, onto an elevator, and then up to the second-floor count room. I know men carrying sacks of cash sounds, uh, sounds like something out of a Looney Tunes cartoon, but trust me, this is for real. I got the story when I visited the New York Transit Museum. It's located about 20 feet under Brooklyn, and there I spoke with Jody Shapiro, the associate curator.
1: To get into the count room, uh, to get at, you had to be buzzed in. All the guards at the, the count room were there 24-7. Inside the count room, there were people 24-7 that had rifles. They were very serious about not having anything happen.
0: The Transit Authority was serious about its money. I, I wasn't kidding when I said they went after turnstile jumpers while I was growing up. That seriousness was probably why, outside of a few misplaced dollars... The Transit Authority never lost any of that revenue it collected each night, except on the morning of July 23, 1979. Two count room supervisors, Benjamin Williams and John Kenny, came to work and discovered they were about to have a very bad day.
1: They came in and they realized that something was amiss. And they figured out, after looking around, that $600,000 in $10 bills had been taken from one of the safes.
0: And here's where the story sounds as if it were adapted from a movie instead of the other way around. The weekend of the break-in, the electricity had been shut off. It was a planned event, but it disabled all the alarms. And then there was the hole in the wall.
1: There had also been discovered only a couple of months earlier when some careless guards had gone on coffee break. They both went at the same time and they accidentally locked themselves out of the money room. So they tried to figure out a way to get back into the money room without letting anybody know. And they discovered there was a hole in between the women's locker room and the counting room that was secured by a metal panel that was kind of loose.
0: The two guards did tell their supervisors, but the hole was never fixed. The best guess is that it was an inside job with at least two people involved. But only the perpetrators know for sure.
1: There were 700 people who were fingerprinted and questioned. Allegedly, one of them failed a lie detector test, but there was no proof, no evidence to arrest anybody.
0: I'm no Sherlock Holmes, but either this gang, and you might want to call them the the hole-in-the-wall gang, but which in Sundance beat you to it, this gang is, is made up of the luckiest SOBs in all the five boroughs, or there's a psychic somewhere who's worth every dollar she charges. And that's the story I call financial training. My thanks to Jody Shapiro, associate curator of the New York Transit Museum for walking me through this real life story and to my wife who proves every day she's got me all figured out. If you enjoyed this little story, why not subscribe to the podcast? It's easy to do. Just go to iTunes or Google Music, search podcasts for Out of My Mind and subscribe. I'm Jay Douglas. I'll be back next Tuesday at 6 a.m. Eastern with another little known story about well-known stuff. We'll chat then. Out of My Mind is produced by Penny Summers and is a copyrighted feature of the Theater of Your Mind Incorporated, Hollywood, California.